Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Here to talk about his new album, The Garden, which will be out tomorrow. Please welcome the singer of one of my favorite songs, probably in the last 10 years. Uh, It is called Husband Energy. It is on the new album. You should definitely check it out. Please welcome the absolutely fantastic Mr. Andrew Smith. Hey, Greg. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, So tell me about The Garden. The Garden is uh, an album I have coming out uh, on Thursday, June 8th. It is a, a project I've worked so hard on and it it really was born after coming out uh you know for anyone listening we're gonna be fast friends here (laughs) to give (laughs) to give you some context uh back in 2020 uh you know i was really kind of finding my footing in in coming out and I thought it would be an amazing idea to come out to my whole family and the world uh, during quarantine. <laughs> so that was a pretty wild time looking back uh, for all of us, right? But but also just looking back, uh, what a what a what a wild uh, choice. And you know, I don't want to make it sound like yeah, like I learned French and I learned. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I you know, just, uh, you know, just accomplished so much in lockdown, but there was something about coming out and not being able to go out (laughs) that unlocked uh, creativity that I, that I hadn't unlocked before. I've been releasing music since I was a teenager and writing music, but, you know, I was, I had a secret and I was, I was struggling with, with loving myself. And the garden is really a project that takes all of my reflections from the last three years and and puts it into a a story really like my friend josh called it uh a, a musical collection of adult fables and i thought that was so cute 
and and funny and and uh true because you know i think when you're coming out there are stages uh you know there's liberation there's shame there's grief there's mourning the old self the new self it's it's a really it's a it's a ride and and the garden speaks to all of that hopefully at the end of the the day at the end of the listening you really you know you smile and you feel hopeful and optimistic so so that's the garden and for anyone listening that might be struggling this pride or really really um you know proud this pride i i hope uh it, it speaks to both groups. I love that. And it's, it, I, I definitely, I definitely feel the, the adult fable mm-hmm. thing. Like that's, that's very spot on. Yeah. I, you know, something I've realized in the last three years that I'll never escape. It's, it's something that is really a big part of who I am. I'm an existential emotional guy, but it is extremely hard for me to write anything that doesn't leave you with some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I am always going to be an artist that will take you into the cave, but we're probably going to find a way out after three minutes. It is very hard for me to release anything that does not at least try to find some type of solution. by the end of the song so so this idea of adult fables uh yeah it just rings true um songwriting has always been how i process my life and you know it feels really special to try to do that in a way that maybe speaks to younger crowds so if you could collaborate with any musician living or dead who would you pick it is such a tough choice. I mean, I think about my my major influences growing up, uh, John Mayer, Jason Mraz, Taylor Swift. Uh, but when I really close my eyes, I, I think I would say James Taylor. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love him so much. Uh, and he was really, his voice was the soundtrack to car rides with with my mom especially and uh as much as i love you know ben rector and i there are just so many artists that mean a lot to me uh there's something about james taylor feeling like a connection to my parents that is why i would choose him what is the the one word that you would use to describe the garden i would say hopeful so who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, Andrew, you have to come on tour with me right this minute, who are you dropping everything for? Oh, goodness. Uh, I love this question. I'm smiling so big. <laughs> um, I'm probably blushing. I would probably say Ben Rector. Ben Rector is someone that I started listening to in high school, and he's been with me up until now and i just respect the hell out of him and i just think every project he does i I love his artistry i love how he explores his life and fatherhood and family and i i just i would drop 
everything, I would quit my job. I would, <laughs> I would just, oh, and I, you know, it'd be so great to even meet him. So anyone listening, if you don't know Ben Rector, oh, he'll make you smile. Just a really, just a feel-good artist. And if anybody from uh, Ben Rector's camp is maybe looking for a support act, uh, give Andrew a call. <laughs> yeah, give me a call, a letter, carrier pigeon, anything, and I'm there. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. So if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? That's a great question. If I could change anything about the music industry, I don't want to sound like a boomer, but I do have to say that chasing algorithms on TikTok, it is the bane of my existence. And I'm maybe I'm aging myself a tad. I did just turn 30, but I I do find that it it takes away from the process so much uh that i that i i I just i i hate it to be honest um just feeling you know it's a tiktok is a trend-based app and following trends and having to also be creative in that way uh which i like i think oh my gosh it's a blast like you see the, the amount of talent on there is freaking amazing i just i get overwhelmed with just the amount you have to do now to be to break through it is wildly entrepreneurial and i i think the whole thing is i you know i applaud it i just i wish i wish that didn't have to be such a big part of it but i'm not complaining i'm just it's just the way it is and i'm down but wow i just you know the voiceovers and the, I, I just, I, I wish I didn't have to do it. <laughs> What's funny is that since I've started doing this show, that is everybody's answer to this question. And I, I, I know why you, you work so hard just writing and producing your material and creating your artwork and doing interviews like these and, and really trying to, create as much buzz as possible and then you're also met with this this thing that's also saying follow these trends chase the algorithm but don't forget to be yourself and it's like oh shit like (laughs) i i already i've been trying to do that with everything everything else um and yeah i mean not to like plug a song but there's a song on the album called I don't want to be famous anymore and it really is just talking about how I have struggled with what I thought fame was as a child and what it is now uh I I really just would love to be content and making music makes me happy it 
notoriety uh, is is not something that I value as much anymore. So I do I do the trends and I I try my best, but I don't I'm not um I, I'm not too hard on myself for not you know being as good as a 15 year old <laughs> at it you know because I I work with high schoolers and you know they're amazing at it and you know I'm not and and I don't find it fun and that's okay. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? So this is going to sound really random because I don't live there and I don't really associate myself with the city or my music. But growing up, my dad always played classic country. And I actually think I am influenced a lot by classic country songwriting, like really story-driven songwriting. And so the Grand Ole Opry would be such a cool experience. Um, you know, or the Ryman, any of those really historic Nashville venues. Uh, I, I, I love watching videos of, of, you know, like really class, like Alan Jackson or George Strait at the Grand Ole Opry. And that would, that would be so cool. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? This one is easy. Uh, I think finishing ideas, <clears throat> regardless of how you feel about them, is really important. And I do have a habit sometimes of really not crossing the finish line with ideas that I don't think are great. And I, I, I if I had to give advice to anyone that's starting out writing... I would say really try to finish your ideas, even if you don't believe in them fully. Uh, I have plenty of songs that came back to life a year later, um, but I should have just finished it originally uh, and, you know, put it into a folder and said, you know what, that song is kind of shit, but it's done and it, and it's completed. And I, in every aspect of my life, I, I really think most victories are when you finish. It's not so much that it's the greatest thing you've ever created. Um, I just think, you know, completing something uh, is, is always something you can pat yourself on the back for. So I would say, you know, finishing ideas is, is one of my worst, or not finishing <laughs> ideas is one of my worst habits. Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators 
authors and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up So describe your music using only colors and shapes. I would say yellow, orange, red, circles. I think my music is warm and inviting, hopefully relatable, humorous. And I would hope to be a circle because I'm always trying to find like a a way back to myself. And I feel like a lot of my songs feel like that, this like search of self. And, you know, hopefully that's a circle. Hopefully it brings you back to where you started because I was the most sure of myself, I would say, when I was five the the things you experience make you doubt yourself so i feel like everything i make is trying to find my 5 year old self again i think it's i i think it's pretty prominent on this album too and it's not something i meant to do it's just i find being an adult is complete bullshit i can't believe this is what it is like this is what it we were all like wanting (laughs) it's bonkers it's totally bonkers and most of the time i find adults you know wow they really are just children like in adult costumes and i try in every aspect of my life to just try to remember we are all children like, and we're all just trying to heal things that happened to us. And I, I hope that my music shows that. I don't know. What's a song that you have written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? Ooh. So there's an obvious answer um the opening track on the garden is called my life is a movie and i grew up so influenced by film i really really thought my trajectory as a kid was going to be to go to film school if anyone knew me as a child i always had a video camera in my hand i was always writing scripts and filming little uh short films and Steven Spielberg was, you know, any book report that we had to do on a person, uh, I would try to finagle my way to do Steven Spielberg. So I wrote a bunch on him, but uh, just loved him and and uh, was heavily influenced by film scores growing up too, and, and still. Uh, so my life as a movie is really just a cinematic arrangement and and it speaks to how 
a lot of times I struggle with control. I just want to, I want to control everything and I'm not in control. And if, you know, your life is a movie, just watch it. Stop trying to make it. And so uh, that, that, that single came out in May uh, as the last single. And I, I think, I think it, not only would it be perfect for a soundtrack, it 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 is a soundtrack. Um, it goes a lot of different places in like four minutes. So um, that'll be an easy one for folks to <laughs> to check out because it's the first song. I I will be completely honest with you. I when I listened to the album, um, mm-hmm. I very much got like a john hughes like 1980s movie vibe from like the whole thing like it felt like this whole album was kind of a quintessential 80s coming of age movie soundtrack yeah that's super cool um yeah i mean i had a breakfast club poster in my bedroom in high school um I, I love I love John Hughes. That is such a cool thing to say. Thank you. I I oh gosh, I mean I even though John Hughes John Hughes typically wrote about high schoolers, I think a lot of those themes in those movies uh speak to every age. I mean, I I have a feeling that I am going to be writing about the same things my whole life. <laughs> um, I'm going to be constantly reflecting on friendship and love and family and forgiveness uh, forever. And and I'm so glad you said that. I, I wanted it to feel very uh, emotional and nostalgic. And I, I, I think the acoustic guitars and the production, um, my friend Jonathan Eliashev, uh, just an um, absolutely ridiculously gifted person. And, you know, anyone listening should check out his solo projects and all the other things that he's producing now, but he is just a star and uh, elevated my songs so well. So this, this next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type deal. I I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews and I will let you choose the one that you would like to answer in this instance. Uh, your choices are who are your influences? What got you started in music or what is your creative process like? So when I was seven or eight, I started doing theater and right off the bat, I, I, I loved it, but I also, I think honestly, like many, gay men (laughs) to be honest i had a perfectionism competitive i must win complex because if i don't win i'm just gay which is dark but um i think a, a common feeling when you're when you're young and so i was super super competitive and i really was like i'm gonna be on broadway i remember you know the mary poppins broadway audition i was just like I gotta, I gotta win. And then as I got older, I think I knew that I was gay, but I was becoming more and more uncomfortable in, in theater settings. Um, 
because a lot of the men are gay. And I felt like it was forcing me in a way to look at myself and look in the mirror. And so I, it's so bizarre to say this, but I think I chose a more music route to avoid that. But what's amazing is that a lot of times your choices, you might think they're the wrong choice. It doesn't matter. It's okay. You'll find your way back no matter what. I went to Berkeley, had an amazing experience, honestly, met friends that will be my friends for life. Uh, but I was constantly writing music and creating music uh, that wasn't really honest. Like, I'm still proud of everything I've done. And I, you know, I learned so much, but it, it wasn't honest. So COVID happened. I started music directing uh, back in my my hometown and working with kids. And this amazing thing happened where being back in a theatrical space, a space that I really abandoned out of fear, re-entering it uh, with young people and, and showing them that you know, you're going to be okay, especially for a lot of the kids that I work with that are a part of the, you know, LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, it's been so cool to stand up there and show them, you know, you're going to be just fine. You're going to figure it out. And, you know, more just I'm here, you know, it's an unspoken thing. So what got me into music? Theater theater got me into music. And then as I started writing my own music, I was really led by what do people want? How am I going to be successful? So when you're 18, it's very hard to create artistry when you haven't really lived, right? So I thought, I think I'll try like a Michael Buble thing because I loved him. And I Back then, I was doing a lot of like big band, jazz, great American songbook stuff. So I was really just creating some type of <laughs> Michael Bublé <laughs> vibe, which is like so, you can so get what I was trying to do if you listen back to my really old stuff. But what you, just if there are any young writers out there, take the leap don't judge yourself too hard and just start sharing your art. Because I'll tell you, at 30, I truly feel like I'm just starting again. But it's okay because I feel like this album is the first time I'm saying something that feels like it's really me. And it, took, it, it, it takes a second to find that. And it's, I just think it's, it's very cool now to be an artist and a musician and a person and a partner and a friend and have all of those things be able to exist simultaneously. I think when you're young, you, you really want to be like, you know, I do musical theater. I'm an actor. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. You can be all of those things. You don't have to choose. And, and it's really cool to be in this space where I'm doing a lot of things right now, but my life is full of music and that's, that's all that really matters. 
you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Definitely an artist. I used to love entertaining. That was what drove me. I would say that my concerts and my shows in my teens and my 20, early 20s, if you were coming to see me, it was a show. It was making the crowd happy. But as I've gotten older, I've found way more of my own autonomy. So my songs speak more to what I really am trying to say and not so much about pleasing the crowd. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. This past weekend, I did a, a So Far Sounds show and I, I debuted a lot of songs from the album, <clears throat> an acoustic set, and I hadn't performed them live before. And it's been a second, you know, since I performed my my own stuff. And it was really cool to get up there. You know, I was a little rusty, I'm not going to lie. But to just do what I wanted to do and not be led so much with, you know, what covers should I do? Like, what, what do they want to hear? What, well, you know, you know, how do I get them to like me? Uh, there's something really liberating about getting to a place where you're like, no, I think, I think husband energy is, is, I think they'll get it. I don't need to do a cover. You know what I mean? So what do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? I mean, I, I think there's a misconception that musicians are lazy and there are gigs, you know, if I'm at like a hotel or a restaurant or something, people, I think oftentimes are, are really curious about like how you make a living, you know, Oh, it's so hot out there. You know, like the struggling musician. The reality is, is like, I just think my friends are some of the hardest working people I've ever met and uh, they're busting their butt. And of course, you know, I want them to be making so much more money, but I think there's a common misconception that like they're all struggling. And I, I don't really think that's always, always the case. I mean, I just have so many peers and friends that are, they're just gigging all the time and they're doing okay and you know sure they're they're probably teaching and they're probably but their life is is music and i think that's super cool and admirable and it's really hard so you know i just think a lot of times there's a misconception that that artists are maybe lazy and i just think that is laughable <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard to do this full time and so many of my peers do it and it's incredible. Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. I would say I am most proud of this album. So when 
COVID happened, I, I moved back from New York. I moved back to Boston to be closer to my family with the intent of returning. And being in quarantine, it's the first time that I really had to look at myself alone as an artist, just without collaboration. And it really brought me back to school. It brought me back to basics. It helped me redevelop trust in myself, in my opinions, in my choices, in my style. And I'm so proud that I didn't let any voice tell me that I needed approval from my friends or people that I look up to. Because so, <clears throat> so I went to Berkeley and when I was at Berkeley, I just constantly felt like I was surrounded by prodigies all the time. And that while I, I learned so much, uh, I learned so much. Um, I also, it can be really, <clears throat> it can be really hard to, to be surrounded by that. It makes you feel you know, on bad days, like you're talentless. And that's so not true. But I'm most proud of this album because I really, I just, I wrote all the songs. Like I, I really, I have everything I need. And I, for a long time, thought I needed other people. And I do, we all do. But I'm so proud that I, was able to bring this across the finish line in a way that feels so personal. I mean, it's like so my project. And for a long time, I really thought I needed a lot of other people. And, you know, I, this might be a tangent, but I'm writing a musical and I've been writing it as like a passion project for the last couple of years. And I'm really proud of that in the same way, because if you had asked me, I hate to say it, but even like 2018 or 19, if I could do what I'm doing now, I probably would say, I'm not sure. I would probably think that I needed more collaborators and that's what I'm most proud of. I think my family was waiting for this. They were waiting for me to discover that I had everything I needed all along. If you could start your career over from the minute that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything differently? Totally. So I would approach college differently. So I do not regret going to college. Uh, I had an amazing experience and I would not, I would not be the songwriter, arranger, artist that I am now without school. So I feel very strongly about that. However, when I got to Berkeley, I felt very intimidated and overwhelmed at how incredibly talented everyone was. And so I ended up majoring 
So every, everyone the first two years is essentially a performance major, but I ended up choosing the business and management track. And the reason I did that in retrospect, I know I did that because that that was what I was already good at. So I wanted to be strong and confident like the other the other people were, like my roommates, like my friends. Uh, and if I went back, if I could go back now, I would major in composition. I would major in arranging. I would major in production. Uh, I, I would do something that I was not experienced in at all. I would go back and I would beg the piano chair to allow me to be a piano major when all the players there could literally play circles, marathons around me. I would allow myself to fall. And I, I did not do that. I wanted to be seen as talented already. And I, I, would, I would go back and I would just, I would allow myself to start at zero. And that's okay. It's true. Thank you so much for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and your music and the new album. I have I have enjoyed every minute of this. Uh, tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on The Garden. The Garden will be everywhere on Thursday, June 8th. Uh, so wherever you stream music, definitely follow me at Andrew Smith Music on Instagram. TikTok. Uh, my Twitter is Mr. Andrew Smith, as Greg introduced me. Um, uh, everyone does that, which is kind of funny, Mr. Andrew Smith. But uh, yeah, just uh, hope, hope to connect with you and I, I hope you enjoy what I made. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>